Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Thursday, September the 7th. And welcome to our commentary. I just saw this story in the last hour or so before we went on, and it has to do with the Biden administration shutting down something like millions of acres of oil leases in uh, Alaska. Now, the Congress had approved this back in 2017. It was signed by President Trump. But somehow uh, the Biden administration has figured out a way of going around it, which I, you know, find a little crazy. I didn't know that a president could just sit there by pin and simply cancel something that the Congress had passed, but apparently so. And the Secretary of Energy decided that I guess she had the authority to do this. This is insane. And by the way, President Biden is catching a lot of heat, not only obviously the Republican senators in Alaska, but uh, even the governor of North Dakota and uh, Senator Manchin from West Virginia. I mean, this is insane. At a time when the country needs more production, at a time when some of our some of uh, suppliers like you know, in, in the Middle East are cutting back their production, at a time when gasoline prices are high, why would you want to cut back production? It makes absolutely no sense, and especially in this magnitude. So you have to wonder. You have to wonder who's running this administration and how many of these, you know, left-wing interest groups are actually telling this president what to do. I mean, this is an insane decision by the Biden administration. You know, he, he could have told these uh, climate change activists, hey, guys, you got to shut down a bit here. Just relax. But we need oil right now. We need more production. I mean, it, it's incredible. You have to wonder sometimes, you know, who, who is he looking out after? Who is President Biden looking after? He's obviously not looking at look, looking after the millions of people who have to buy gasoline. Maybe this is one of the reasons why his approval rates are so low. You know, look, everybody's in favor of protecting the environment. And I mean, everybody's in favor of that. But it's got to be done in a rational way that doesn't put the family budget at risk and certainly does not uh, make us more vulnerable and more dependent on oil from other countries. I mean, this is insane. I, I, it just amazes me, the things that are going on in this administration. So let's begin with one of the real problems in this, uh, in this administration, and that is the border policy. Well, if you've been watching uh, or listening or following the situation in New York City, the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, is pretty angry with the Biden administration. He is really criticizing uh, the Biden administration for this migrant policy. Now, to be fair to Eric Adams, he's not getting a lot of help from the governor, the Democrat governor of New York, and he's not getting a lot of help from the city council in New York. So he's kind of out on his own having to deal with the consequences without getting much support from other Democrats. So the mayor came out today and made some rather amazing remarks about the migrant crisis, basically saying that the migrants are going to destroy New York City. Now, that's a really strong thing to say. And one only has to wonder, what if a Republican had said something like that? What if a Republican uh, mayor or governor had said anything like that? I'm sure that uh, there'd be all kinds of people calling him a racist. Now, I don't expect Democrats or some of the interest groups to refer to Mayor Adams as a racist, but Mayor Adams is dealing with the reality. They don't have enough schools. Uh, I just saw a story that uh, some of these migrant families are now complaining that they don't have money to buy the school supplies. 
it, it is completely insane. They don't have enough schools uh, with teachers. Many of these young kids obviously cannot speak English, so they need bilingual bilingual teachers. They don't have them. Some of these districts in New York are already suffering cutbacks. I mean, the whole thing is a mess, and it's a planning or lack of planning nightmare that has just hit New York City uh, right between the eyes. Now, it's hard to feel sorry, though. I will tell you this. I will tell you this. It's hard to feel sorry for people like Mayor Adams and some of the Democrats in New York City because they were the ones. They were the ones who were all in favor of sanctuary cities. I mean, you can go to the Internet and find all kinds of information about the Democrats, whether it was New York, whether it was Chicago, whatever, whatever California for sure. Uh, all of these states were basically broadcasting that they were sanctuary cities. Come, come and join us. We'll take you. We're all open, open and open, and we'll take you. Well, of course. <laughs> I mean, that's sort of like the guy who sent out a bunch of invitations and never took into consideration that people would accept the invitations. And they're showing up, and more are going to show up, I can guarantee you. More are going to show up. And, you know, I don't know what uh, the mayor of New York City is going to do. He's not getting, as I said, any help from the Biden administration. There's nothing that the Biden administration can do. Uh, they're not getting help from the governor of New York because she doesn't have any money. That's the other problem. The state of New York, the city of New York, these uh, jurisdictions, they don't have the money. They're already shorting, running short of cash because so many people are moving out. So many taxpayers have left uh, just those jurisdictions. So, I mean, it's an absolutely insane situation. So, yes. The mayor is correct in what he's saying. All of these migrants are going to destroy the city. They're going to create all kinds of problems. He's correct about that. But again, again, we go back to the reality that they were the ones who created this. They were the ones who sent out all those invitations and say, come to our sanctuary city. We're going to take care of you. Come to our city and we'll take care of you. Well, it turns out that uh, it's a little bit more complicated than that. It's a little bit more complicated than that. So anyway, I just uh, I, I just find this whole thing absolutely incredible. And I've got a post, by the way, coming out on, on Friday morning about this, uh, you know, what I call the clash between demagoguery and reality. The demagoguery of sending out those invitations and the reality of having to deal with the fact that the people accepted the invitation, and they are coming, 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 coming. Speaking of the border, a federal judge has told uh, Texas that they have to remove those barriers on the river there on the border. Uh, the governor is not going to do it, and the governor wants to take, he has already appealed the decision. He wants to go to the Supreme Court, and I hope he does. I hope he does, because I think we need a, a an opinion from the Supreme Court that can, takes into consideration the reality of the border. Yes, technically, Texas may not have the legal authority to do something like this. That probably is true. But what do you do when the federal government doesn't do their job, which is to protect the border and to enforce immigration laws? What do you do? And that's the dilemma that Texas faces. And uh, this is going to go further in the courts. Believe me, it's going to go much further in the courts. I have a post over at the American Thinker thir Thursday morning where I talk about uh, President Biden and I talk about his age. And I argue that even though most people think he's too old to be president, he probably is. But I don't think it's an age issue. In other words, I don't think that's the reason that his approval ratings are way down. 
The reason his approval ratings are way down is because the results are not there. Whether it's the economy, whether it's Afghanistan, whether it's the border that we were just talking about, or doing these idiotic things like canceling oil leases that have already been approved uh, by Congress, uh, whether it's this chaos that we're seeing in American cities where cities are just being torn down by crime, uh, people walking into a store and these people running into a store and stealing, nothing happens to them. There's no consequences to them. This is all having an impact on, on the Biden administration. And I think it's a bigger factor than his age. Uh, I have a feeling that if things were a lot different, that his age would not be as much of a factor or what what he says and what he does wouldn't be as much of a factor as it is because of the lack of results. There's something else, and I keep saying this over and over and over again. There's something else going on here. The Trump administration looks better and better every single day, or the Trump presidency looks better and better every single day in contrast to the Biden administration. If you voted against Trump because you hate Trump and you thought he was terrible, you got to look at yourself in the mirror and at least honestly admit that things have not gone better since Biden came in, that things were better under Trump. Gasoline was cheaper, but it was not cheaper by coincidence. It was cheaper because of an energy policy that the Trump uh, administration had implemented that understood the importance of oil or the price of oil in the family in the family budget. So, you know, is he too old? Probably. But is that the real problem? I don't think so. I think it's the results, or in this case, the lack of results. You have a president, frankly, who's failing, failing across the board in every, every single, every single measurement. By the way, there's a lot of talk about mask mandates. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen because even if the federal government were to issue these mandates, the states are not going to follow them. I know Texas is not going to follow it. And there's lots and lots of states who are not going to do it. So, look, if you want to wear a mask, that's your call. I don't have a problem with it. But don't mandate any of this stuff again because I just don't think the public is going to go for it. As I said, I think the public will fight against it uh, in the courts and in, by simply refusing to participate, particularly if this impacts schools. If they start shutting down schools, you're going to see a rebellion from parents that is going to be pretty, pretty shocking. Well, on this day in history, 1936, we remember that Buddy Holly was born here in Lubbock, Texas. Buddy Holly, of course, one of the greatest figures in rock and roll history. He's an amazing, amazing thing about Buddy Holly. He was 22, 23 when he was killed. He was killed in that famous plane crash, uh, you know, the day the music died. He was killed with Richie Valens and the Big Bopper in that plane crash in Iowa. I'm sure you've heard that song, The Day the Music Died, American Pie by Don McLean. Well, that's the incident that they're talking about in that song. He was killed that day. So his his professional career was maybe three years old. He only was only around for about three years. And yet he continues to be one of the most influential uh, performers in the history of rock. In fact, Rolling Stone magazine has him at number 13 amongst, among the most important artists of the rock era. 13. And he was only around for three, for three years. He was a huge influence on Paul McCartney and on the Beatles. And in fact, the, the Beatles recorded one of Buddy Holly's songs and lots of other groups have recorded his songs. So we remember today Buddy Holly, 
who was born on this day in 1936 and died in 1959. By the way, I've been to Buddy Holly's grave in Lubbock. It's uh, it's not that fancy, but there is a museum there if you're into Buddy Holly's music. Uh, I, I love Buddy Holly. He was just one of those one of those artists. Uh, well, he died too soon, but he certainly left a quite a repertoire of music for us to for us to enjoy. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.